This is the Australian Home Building Show with your building broker, Steve Fitzpatrick. This show is lovingly put together for all those people considering building their dream home. So if you're overwhelmed with the idea of building, stay tuned for practical tips, tricks, and plenty of great info. Now, here is your building broker and host, Steve Fitzpatrick. Hello and welcome to the Australian Home Building Show and this is our second episode and we'll be actually talking today about solar passive home design and energy efficient building design to save our environment and save our wallets. So a couple of things I first wanted to explain is an explanation of the terms around the whole concept of passive solar design and energy efficiency when it comes to building a new home. Now, for those who don't know too much about this, and even though it is a buzzword out in our industry, the actual study is around the solstice of the sun, or the sun study, as we call it. And this is the difference in angles that the sun comes in on during the different seasons of the year. So in the summer months of the year, the sun's quite high in the sky on a very, very close to a 90-degree angle to the earth in the middle of the day. And so you would build a home where you would have extensive eaves and uh, coverings and alfrescos and linings that would protect your home from actually having the summer sun enter, whereas with the winter sun, that sun comes in on a much smaller angle, being closer to sort of the 30, 30 to 40 degree angle, which means that you can allow the entry of sun into the home and actually that's where you can create some thermal mass and some sun storing design principles to basically heat the home during the winter months. And so that brings us on to the first point that I'd like to discuss today and that is thermal mass. When you're looking at thermal mass and, and the whole concept of thermal mass is utilising a solid building material which will collect and absorb the sun's heat and then will radiate that heat throughout the day and the evening when the temperature starts to drop. So in winter, a good example is when the sun comes in through your windows and it shines on your concrete floor or perhaps your floor tiling, it will actually transfer its heat and the energy from the sun into the ground floor slab and that will stay warm during the day when the sun goes down and the temperature starts to drop, that's when the radiant heat comes out of the slab and actually starts to heat your room passively. So there's nothing that you're doing, it's just that the heat is radiating out of the thermal mass and that's the whole concept of thermal mass. So this can be utilised in a number of different ways. Your ground floor slab is a fantastic opportunity and fantastic building material to actually collect thermal mass. But if you've got a timber floor... That's not so good because you're actually having a insulator, so you're you're preventing the heat from transferring. Other thermal mass ideas and principles are certain wall placements of brickwork or rammed earth or elements of that nature where they have some solid structure and that can catch the sun's heat and actually transfer that. Now, if you're building in Perth, and that's where I'm located, Thermal mass isn't such a big issue. Actually, it's one of those things that you may want to primarily try to avoid and minimise the heating of your thermal mass because we're in such a hot, dry climate. Whereas if you're 
living a bit further south in Western Australia or if you're living over east in, in Melbourne or Adelaide, you might find, in, in and especially in Tasmania, thermal mass is a really important concept to get your head around and actually try to utilise to save you on energy costs and make sure that your home is thermally efficient. So talk to your building designer about thermal mass, see whether you need it incorporated in your home and where you can, even in Perth or in a hotter climate, it is still worth considering during the winter months of how you can utilise that technology and actually use their expertise in design to actually make your home a little more energy efficient. When we're talking about energy efficiency and solar passive techniques or passive solar techniques in home design, there are three main weak points that are so easy to omit from the design and and actually utilise if we use these three principles and it can really make a significant difference. One is glass, the use of glass windows. To give you an example, if you wanted the, the absolute best rating windows for passive solar and energy efficiency, you should go with a double glazed window. There's just no two ways about it. It's, it's definitely the best insulator and the best way of insulating your glass because it can have an inert gas inserted between the glass panes, which helps with minimizing energy transfer between the glass. But glass is actually one of the poorest insulators you'll find. Radiant heat comes straight through. Obviously, the sun's rays come straight through. All of these different factors that make glass such a bad insulator. And it's one of the reasons why you want to avoid the large windows in areas where you're going to have a massive amount of heat transfer. So because glass is such a bad insulator, it's normally the first thing that builders will look at and energy efficiency ratings or raters will look at when they're trying to make a home a bit more efficient because it's the easiest way to optimise your home with the efficiency rating by minimising the size of the glass. In Perth, it's very difficult when you're looking at a beachfront and you want to change your windows. So there's a couple of different elements there that you could look at, different options. Pilkington's a number of years ago released a film called Comfort Plus Glass, which could be used on the inside of the glass panel. It's basically like a contact. What that does is it creates a a gap of air between the film and the glass that you can't see, but it's uh, it actually increases the energy performance rating of the glass itself by just having that extra film of contact on it. You can always go to double glazed windows as well, but the difference in the cost between a standard glazed window and a double glazed window Standard glazing costs around $260 a square metre, whereas double glazing is about the same price as a commercial window frame, which goes for about $800 a square metre. So it's basically three times the price. So you do want to be cost effective in your home design and where you can still utilise good design techniques to avoid having to upgrade to an expensive, more expensive product to overcome a poor design feature. In some cases, this can't always be done, so you may have to utilise those other technologies, but where you can, try to make a difference and actually get a bit smarter with the home design. The other thing that's very simple as far as an emission that you can make from your home is not having an internal gas point. An internal gas point or negus vent, they call them, 
will require two gas vents, one high in a high position and one in a low position. Those gas vents are, again, their weaknesses in the overall weather seals of the home, creating a space where air can flow in and out freely. In a home that I'm, I was living in for a while recently, you know, during the winter months, we were heating up the home and it just felt like there was such a, a, uh, a rapid amount of cooling during winter when the heater wasn't on. And sure enough, there was a gas vent there. I happened just to walk across and hold my hand in front of the gas vent that was down low. And it just felt like there was a fan blowing the cold air in from outside, trying to normalize the, the room temperature with the outside temperature. And it, it's just a shocking point of weakness. You'll actually lose almost half a star rating from just having a gas vent. In some cases, it may even be higher than that. So really consider whether you need that vent and the gas point for a small internal heater. And nowadays, if you're putting in reverse cycle, I would say straight away, just don't put in a gas vent, have your reverse cycle air conditioner and you, you know, you'd still probably be likely to use the air conditioner less because you don't have a gas vent. Okay, so another point of weakness that is a bit sensitive at the moment is actually downlights or low-volt downlights or the 240-volt downlights that you would normally see in most display homes around around your city. Right now, the problem with downlights in a single-storey or a two-storey home where they're not encased in a concrete slab, a suspended slab or something like that, when they're just in the normal gyproc ceiling, they have to include a protection or heat protection guard around them nowadays according to the building code but unfortunately the insulation just can't go around the uh, guard very successfully and you'll find that that's another point of weakness so you might actually incorporate r3.5 r4 insulation bats in your ceiling which is fantastic but unfortunately if you've got the low volt downlights or any kind of downlight for that matter you're straight away weakening that blanket of protection that you're putting in of insulation. And so the best result there is to go for a what's called a bunker light or the lights, light fittings that sit and protrude out of your ceiling uh, rather than actually sitting concealed within the ceiling or the roof space. Unfortunately, it's not going to look very modern. It's not going to look as uh, nice and neat and minimalist as most people like nowadays. But that's a reality of where we're going with the energy efficiency. And again, it's something that you want to consider. It will not affect your energy efficiency rating as such. In terms of the software that is being used to calculate the energy efficiency doesn't actually consider the type of light fitting you're putting in or the way the penetrations are going to be placed. But what you will find is you could build a home that rates really well on an energy efficiency scale, but in practicality terms, when you actually move in, you're going to find that there's gaps and the home won't be as efficient as it would have been if you had followed a couple of those little, little tiny steps. Again, all of these things should be considered in conjunction with your home designer, your architect, whoever you're using to design and build your new home. You should be able to talk to them about these things discuss it, have an open forum and come up with a great solution to make sure that your home is as energy efficient as possible. 
In all aspects, you're going to have to make consideration over colour choices, material choices, the way your design sits on the block based on the different setbacks and requirements you're going to have from local government. And in every case, what we find with all of the owners I deal with and all of the owners sort of that are, that are going through a building and construction program is that at each point you're going to have to make some sort of decision over what you're going to compromise and and what you're comfortable with. Some people don't want to compromise a view, so they're going to have to upgrade their windows and glass. Some other people don't want to compromise a certain look or feel of a room, and so their their house may not be as energy efficient as it could be. But all of these considerations should be done in conjunction with a professional who is in the industry and understands the ramifications of your decisions, and then you can get the best advice. I hope that's been helpful and not too much technical information for you all today. I want to thank you very much for listening. In coming months and weeks, we've got different industry professionals who will be appearing on the program from builders, designers, interior designers. We've got some surveyors coming in, all these people that will give out some I hope, beneficial advice about what you can do if you're thinking about building your new home sometime in Australia very shortly. Anyway, until we meet again, thanks very much for listening. I'm Steve Fitzpatrick, and I'll see you next week. You've just come that little bit closer to building your dream home thanks to your building broker, Steve Fitzpatrick, and the Australian Home Building Show. Best designs, best builders, best prices. That's your building broker.